0: Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Amen. Well, I think I'm going to preach about Jesus again today. It's my favorite topic. I can't help myself. And, uh, you know, you you put your eyes on Him. You start to focus on Him. You start to exalt Him, like Peter said in Acts chapter 2. And you know what starts to happen? That river starts to pour down from heaven. You start to be baptized again, immersed again into the presence of the Holy Spirit. And like John prophesied, that we'll be baptized with with the fire of God that will come upon us. And we'll begin to burn on the inside and on the outside. We'll be like flames. The light of the world shining out in the midst of this dark craziness that's around us. You know, um, like I mentioned before, there's so many distractions, especially right now in the current climate that our world is in. Um, But you know, the one solution for distractions is something that's just so astounding, so stunning, so amazing, so magnificent and so marvelous that it captures our attention and quiets down all the other noise. And turns everything else into shadows in the light of His glory and grace. Of course, that's the person of Jesus Christ. And I pray today today, that we'll catch another glimpse of the rays of His glory that's shining out from Him. Catch a glimpse of Him that He would fill our hearts with a fresh passion and a fresh love. A love for God and a love for people all around us. You know, um, one of my favorite stories, you've heard me preach about before many times is the story of the prophet John the Baptist. And he was a forerunner. He was preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. You know, in a sense, we are a generation right now, like John the Baptist. We're forerunners preparing the way for the second coming of the Lord. John didn't know what the first coming was going to look like, and we're not sure what the second coming is going to look like. But there was a fire on John, and that same fire can get on us. Now here's the, the, you know, you read the story of John the Baptist, and, and I guess the problem with us Christians is that we get so familiar with the stories that they stop shocking us the way they should. But John the Baptist was a shocking individual. He was 30 years old. He was living out in the wilderness. The Bible says that his diet was locusts and wild honey. It's like eating grasshoppers and wild honey for your food. That's what he ate. He had the vow of a Nazarite from his mother's womb, which means he never, never, ever, ever one time had a haircut or a shave. Not one time. So he was a, a wild-looking guy. Um, probably not that much hygiene going on. Lived out in the wilderness. Um, he did baptize people, so he at least got dipped a few times as he did that. But, um, you know, this guy was... Um, they also said he was dressed like one of the Old Testament prophets, like Elijah in a camel skin outfit. So he was he was different. He was strange. He was unusual for his day. And the, he had a fire on him, a fire that was so powerful that the people were literally coming from all over Israel, shutting down villages, shutting down their shops, and taking weeks off to go listen to the prophet John as he spoke the word of God. Now, they asked Jesus about John, and, and I, I, this is something that I, I preach about it a lot because it's so important to me. But they asked Jesus about John, and, and one of the things he said, he said a couple of things, but one of the things he said is that, that John was a burning and shining light. That he was a burning and shining light. His heart was burning with love and passion for God, and he was shining out from him revelation, a revelation of Christ. Different and superior to any of the prophets that had gone before him. Now, I wrote down a, a part of a blog I wanted to share with you um, today. It's a thunderstorm right now while I'm while I'm, I'm preaching to you, so be just listen carefully to the word of God. This was the amazing statement that Jesus made about the great prophet that he was a burning and shining light, John the Baptist. Jesus was describing the supernatural nature of this mighty man of God. Jesus said John was like fire burning and shining. John appeared as the forerunner of Jesus of Nazareth as a voice crying in the wilderness. The times were incredibly dark. There had been no prophetic word in Israel for 400 years. The Roman Empire was controlling Israel. Darkness had settled in. That's what made John so effective. He was a light shining in the dark world. Now, listen carefully. Our world is darker than it's ever been. Our light needs to be brighter than it's ever been. A light shining in darkness catches people's attention. That's why John was so effective. Exactly what did Jesus mean by this statement he made about John? What what he was saying is this. Fire has two major qualities. Heat and light. John was burning with heat of the love for God. And his soul was literally burning with passion and permeated his preaching. His preaching was filled with fire because it was the fire of his passion. He had seen he had seen a revelation of the Lord and this revelation was burning in his heart. He had a fire and a love for God that was evident in his words. It was on his words as he preached. His soul was literally burning with passion. John was also a shining light. He was shining with a penetrating revelation of Christ. He saw Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Then he also recognized Jesus as the, fulfill, he, as the fulfillment of the Old Testament sin offerings. Even more amazing, he saw Christ in his future heavenly ministry. He said Jesus would baptize us with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So John saw something. He saw Jesus as the Lamb of God. He saw Jesus as the the sacrificial Lamb, that His blood was the solution for man's sinful condition. He also saw Jesus as the heavenly baptizer, the one who would be seated at the right hand of God, who would baptize whosoever will with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, that's why John was the greatest of the prophets. Now, but there's something quite disturbing that Jesus also said when he was answering these questions about John. And that's what I want to preach to you about this morning. The second statement. Throughout history, this is Luke 7, Throughout history... There was never found a man as great as John the Baptizer, Jesus said. He said he's the greatest of all the prophets, greater than Moses, greater than Isaiah, greater than Elijah, greater than Abraham. He was the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. And so he, and he, he went on so yet um, no, let me stop for just a second. Take in what I just said before that. Why was he the greatest of the Old Testament prophets? Because of his revelation of Christ as the Lamb of God and as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Now, this second statement is the one that I want to focus on today. He says, yet those who now walk in God's kingdom realm, talking about us today, though they appear to be insignificant, you might appear to be insignificant, will become even greater than John the Baptist. So Jesus said that there was a generation coming of individuals that would be greater than the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. He was talking about us. Now, how could that, how could that possibly be? Well, the reason why, it's the same reason that, that John was considered great was because of his heart that was burning with passion for God and his, his mind that was shining with a revelation of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So when those two qualities that flow from Jesus touch us and hit us, we become burning and shining lights. Our community, Victory Church, becomes a burning and shining light in the midst of this darkness. You as an individual becomes a burning and shining light in the midst of this darkness because we begin to carry that mantle that was on John gets on us today in a greater measure than John had. Because we live in, a, in, a, in under a better covenant that John lived under. So I want to talk to you about that today. This burning and shining light that's going to get in us and get on us. First of all, we've become on fire with a love for Jesus Christ Himself. I want to read Psalm 39, verse 3. David said, my heart was hot within me. Has your hot heart been hot recently? Has your heart been hot with a passion? Has it been fired up with a love for God recently? While I was musing, David said, the fire burned, then I spake with my tongue. So this is describing what happens when we, each individual one of us, catch a glimpse of Jesus as He is today. Jesus today, is He's exalted. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's seated at the the Father's right hand on the very throne of God. He's glorified, flowing out from Him as a river that's sweeping over the earth. His face is like lightning. His voice is like thunder. And His glory is shining down on this earth today. And as you and I begin to turn our attention toward Him, As we look to Him, as we worship Him, as we draw near to Him, what happens is we begin to catch little glimpses of what He's really like today. And one little glimpse of what He's really like today will finish you off. You'll begin to get hit with the very same fire that was on John the Baptist, and you'll be a burning and shining light. Your heart will be lit up with a passion. With a love for God. You'll love Him more than anything else. You'll love Him more than money. You'll love Him more than your children. You'll love Him more than your than your, than your your dog. You'll love Him more than your job. You'll love Him more than your jewelry or your car. You'll love Him more than anything. Because He'll become the focus of your affection. This is what changes our very life. Also, we'll be burning not only with a love for Christ, but we'll be burning with a love for the Word of God. Jeremiah said it like this. He says, His word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. So Jeremiah had the word of God in his heart. You know, you and I have been talking about it, and I've heard many people talking over this season that we're in right now, about making new spiritual decisions in their lives. We've had time to read our Bibles more than we've ever read them before. To start new disciplines in our life. And I know from past experience, when I begin to spend more time turning my attention on the Word of God, I fall in love more with the Word of God. And then what will begin to take place is this word, this word, this word is alive, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It will get inside of you and it'll be, begin to burn like it burned inside of Jeremiah. It'll be impossible for you to keep your mouth shut. You're gonna have to get on the phone, you're gonna have to get on your computer, get on Zoom or whatever it is and you're gonna have to tell somebody, you're not gonna believe what I saw in the word of God today. It's like fire in my bones. And you'll become like a light shining in the midst of darkness. So we're burning with a love for Christ. We're burning with a love for the Word of God. We're burning with a passion for His presence. I love His presence. I love when His presence fills the room. I love when His presence comes in corporate worship. I love when His presence comes in private devotions. I love His presence. David said it like this, I long to drink of You, O God. Drink deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longings overwhelm me more, more, for more of you. My soul thirsts and pants and longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God. So, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to pause right here. The word pause, selah in Hebrew it means to, to stop and think about this. I want us to, to pause. The Lord has all of the the entire world right now on pause. He's pushed the pause button. And he's, the, the pause is for a purpose. The pause is for, for us to take time and reflect on him and draw near to him and allow his presence to come onto our lives and become a part of our lives. Today I got a Text message from my wife That someone had sent this article to her That I read I I, I actually wrote a blog about this today I've got to read this to you It'll be posted um, Actually it's posted this morning So you can check it out It's called the Spanish Flu And it's from Genesis Um, 25-63 It's where it says Isaac went out in the evening Into the fields to meditate So here's Isaac Grandson of Abraham Son of Jacob Says he went out into the fields To meditate. We've got time to do that right now. You need to take some time, go out in the field and meditate and watch what happens. Now listen to this. Meditation is a foreign concept to many modern day Christians. Many think of it as some metaphysical sense, in some metaphysical sense or connected to some form of Eastern religion. Actually, meditation is an important biblical practice. In today's verse, we see Isaac sitting in a field meditating. He's carrying on a tradition handed down from his grandfather, Abraham, and his father, Isaac. um, His father, Jacob, brother. The Bible teaches us the importance of meditating on the works of God and on the promises of his word. In our high energy and high stress lifestyle, meditation is not optional, but essential for our survival. Maybe within the forced quiet time on all of us, we can restore the practice of meditation in our lives. I recently ran across an article about the Spanish flu. Now listen to this. And it's effect on the churches in 1918, 101 years ago. Apparently, they had to close down as well. Here's a quote from the Reverend Fletcher Parrish, Parrish uh pastor of the 11th Avenue Methodist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, that he preached on this verse today. About the truth, he was preaching about the true Sabbath and about Isaac going out in the field to meditate. And here's a quote from him. He says, Meditation is very profitable for the soul, but the rush of the world is so great at the present. Now, in 1918, that's what he was saying, that very little time is given to cog- cog- cogitation and reflection. Men think that they have no time to walk out in the fields for contemplation or to sit quietly by the fireside and muse. However, we have a God-given opportunity for this helpful indulgence by reason of this unique Sabbath. He's talking about being quarantined because of the Spanish flu, which has dawned upon us. Out of necessity... Our churches are closed and all public gatherings must be discontinued. We cannot go motoring in our cars. We cannot go to business if we could. And even the fields are dangerous, lest we should come in contact with the goldenrod and ragweed and take influenza. I don't know what that's all about. But then he says, but we can sit by the fire and give ourselves the thought and reflection, which will bring a great profit to us. So maybe the Lord has used this sort of things in times past to get our attention. Hopefully he's got it now so that many folks can go back to work. Hopefully we've learned to be still and know that he is God. Meditation is the time to restore ourselves spiritually on a daily basis so that we can enter his rest in the midst of all our labors. Maybe it's time to walk out into a field for some quiet meditation. Go out into the fields, go for a walk your phone, get out there, get rid of the AirPods or the earbuds or whatever it is, and just go and be quiet in the fields and listen for the sounds of God. He's speaking in the birds. He's speaking in the winds. He's speaking in his creation. Take a look. If you get up early in the morning, you can see the, the moon and the stars doing their dance. They've been lining up the last week. All the planets have been lining up in a beautiful pattern in the earth. The heavens are are declaring the glory of God. Is anyone listening? Is anyone observing? Are we so distracted by the current mess that gets our attention so much? Be still meditate, quiet reflection, stir yourself and as you do, as you muse, as you stir your heart, what will happen is your heart will begin to burn with a fire and a passion for God Himself. Amen. Now I'm, I'm continuing on. Um, you know, we're talking about this fire. This fire begins to get inside of us where we begin to have a passion for people as well. We begin to have a passion for the lost as that taken place within your life? Have you begun to come to a place in this time of meditation and reflective fasting from the things of this world? Has your attention turned to people that are in worse circumstances than you are? Just think about it. You're watching this today, so you're probably Christian. You probably go to church you may even still have a job and may have food on your table, but, but you know someone that's sick or someone that's not in church, someone that's terrified because they don't know what tomorrow holds or, or they don't know who holds their tomorrow. Let a passion get in your heart from the, from the Lord and for those that are around about you. And you'll become like a fire burning in darkness the love from god will burn in you and you know what people will notice it they'll see it as you begin to share with them they'll see that you are really that you are re- you're not just you're not just saying some preconceived thought not following some script but there's a love in your heart and a passion for someone let the fire burn and let it come out and touch other people yeah this um, burning also, it says, Paul said it like this Burning for spiritual gifts Paul said that we should burn for spiritual gifts To minister to hurting people He said it like this So beloved friends, 1 Corinthians 14, 39 With all this in mind Be passionate to prophesy And don't forbid anyone from speaking in tongues Doing all things in a beautiful and an orderly way So as you put yourself in a position Put yourself in a position to minister to people How do you do that? You call them on the phone you FaceTime them. Maybe you go and, and see, maybe you see someone walking in the park or or maybe you're still at work and you're seeing around your, your 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 business associates. You can't get that close to them, maybe. But, but you can talk to them and say, how's it going with you? How is it with your soul? Can, can I can I pray for you? And as you as you begin to put yourself in that position, in that atmosphere, I'm telling you, the spiritual gifts begin to stir up in your belly. God will give you a sense of what's going on in that person's life. And you'll pray or you'll share with Him a word of encouragement. There'll be a prophetic word. A prophetic word to bring life and hope into that person's life. It's time for us to burn and shine for Jesus. Now, no, I want to I share just a little bit about this shining part. That's been the burning part. The second part of this message is the shining part. And um, so we have... In order to to, to begin to carry on the tradition of John, his heart was on fire with a passion and love for God, but his mind was shining with a revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, we can catch a glimpse of Christ even beyond what John had. We see Him as the Lamb. We see pictures of Him crucified for our sins. We see Him dead and buried. We see Him resurrected from the grave. John never saw that in his lifetime. We see Him ascended into heaven. We see Him seated at the right hand of glory as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We see Him as the heavenly high priest. We see Him as our heavenly intercessor. We see Him as the heavenly baptizer with the Holy Spirit. And we've tasted the benefit of these things. These are not philosophies or just doctrines that we hold and espouse, but these are living realities that we've tasted. Jesus is real to us. He is high and lifted up. He has taken my sins away. He is praying for me every day. He is filling me again and again with the Holy Spirit so I can have revelation of this Jesus and this revelation will shine in the midst of darkness it might seem normal to you but it's not normal to the lost you start talking about the the simplest the simplest truths of Christ Christ died to save sinners Christ defeated death Christ rose from the dead Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Today, He will fill you with the Holy Spirit if you ask Him to. We have a revelation of Christ. And that is a revelation in light that's shining out from us. We have a revelation of redemption that, that's quite incredible. Christ died to save sinners. Think about the crowd that was following Him. You had Mary Magdalene. You had Matthew the tax collector. You had the, the, the gathering demoniac, you had Zacchaeus, who was a thief, you had blind Bartimaeus, you had all sorts of individuals whose lives were a mess, who had been had found forgiveness and redemption from the life of Jesus Christ. Today, that's what's carrying us. We were once sinners. We were once liars and cheaters and immoral and drug addicts and alcoholics. We were all those things. But Christ washed us. He's cleansed us. He's made us into new kinds of people. We're not the people we used to be. We've been redeemed. We have a glimpse of the redeeming power of Jesus of Nazareth. The world has no idea. They think it's about works. They think it's trying to be a better version of themselves. They have no idea. It's about being crucified in Christ. It's about leaving behind our own life. It's about receiving a new life in Christ. We're not the people that we used to be. So we have a revelation of redemption. We have a revelation of His church. We have a revelation of the body of Christ. The the body of Christ, the church, is not an organization. You know, I, I saw something funny on... On um, Facebook recently You know, you have all these people on there Some people are, are rejoicing You know, finally the church is is closed down Because the church isn't the building after all And I saw a preacher that finally got fed up with it And he said, yeah Yeah, you're right The church is not a building But the church is not a computer either He said I thought that was pretty cool And I, I just want you to know The church is not social media The church is a body of living believers. The church is a community. It's a gathering together of human beings that have been washed in the blood of Jesus. We have a common denominator. It really has little to do with our building. We just need one to meet in. It has everything to do with, with us and with Jesus and being washed in His blood and being part of this new community. We are a generation of John the Baptists. We are the voice crying in the wilderness. We are the light of the world. This light is on us. We are a city set upon a hill. The church of Jesus Christ. A revelation of the church is so critical. And now, when we're separated from the body of Christ, we can't join together for our corporate services. We should appreciate even more the importance of the body of Christ. This is our family. We are bone of his bones. We are joined together by his blood. We're bound by, by one spirit. And tonight, I'm going to be preaching about this the revelation of the times and seasons. John, uh, Paul said, beloved brothers and sisters, 1 Thessalonians 5, concerning the questions of God's precise times and specific seasons, you don't need me to write to you for anything. For you already know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly and will come like a complete surprise. She said he's gonna come like a thief in the night. He's gonna come suddenly, unexpectedly. And if you're getting your spiritual ears on, you'll recognize that we're in a, an unusual season. Yeah. It's the first time in the history of the Christian faith that across the entire planet the church is not gathering together. It's never happened before. Today is our fifth Sunday where we can't gather together as the body of Christ in one place. It's historic. It's unprecedented. God is preparing His church. He's preparing His church for something unusual. Get a hold of it. Don't miss it. Get a hold of what God is doing. We're in a special prophetic time. Today is the hour, the beginning of God's visitation on planet earth. He said He'd saved His best for last. He said there's going to be a harvest in the last of days. Jesus said the harvest is the end of the age. And I think we're entering into it. Are you ready? Is there a fire burning in your hearts? Like John the Baptist, are you a burning and shining light? Well, you can be. It just takes a moment. Just a moment of time in His presence. And everything absolutely will change in you. One moment. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.